Welcome to the Where's Johnny podcast, where we take a look at conspiracies, all things internet related and hypothetical situations. This week, I'm joined by our regulars, Henry Hilton and uh, Alex Walker. And this week, we're also joined by a very special guest, someone someone who's a very dear friend of ours from uh, university and most known for work on security at various nightclubs in the northwest as well as raising a lot of money for charity is the mr thomas booth hi there thanks thanks for having me no problem boovie so as a tradition we usually start off with a a bit of a strange question or maybe one that might take you by a bit of a surprise hit me um this the one we've got this week is if you were a tree what type of tree would you be and why I don't know. I can't think at the top of my head what type of tree I want to be. I just know I want to be a tree on a golf course. That's a big shot. Yeah. It could be like a... So, oh. so I'm going to... Let's check. Which, which trees do you most often find on a golf course? It's, a, which... because it's an acacia sapling. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, what's the, I can't remember what the big ones are. Like lime or something like that. Would you not be in danger of getting hit by a few um, projectiles, though? Yeah, but you're a big tree. Yeah, if you get hit by a golf ball, <laughs> just wear it. What, where? What do you mean, wear the golf ball? Well, no, you you wear the stripe like the, the uh... somebody tees off with a golf ball, it just pings off you. You, you never see a golf ball like go through a tree. Right? Bound to cause a, a few little bumps, a few scrapes here and there, though, isn't it? I mean, I suppose it's like having someone throw a marble, but a small marble at you, unpleasant. Would you like that? I wouldn't like that. I'm not saying I'd like it, but I'm I'm equally saying that he's not going to die. Wouldn't it. mind it. <laughs> I wouldn't be adverse to it. We'll go with that. Also, yeah. I'd definitely pick a birch tree. Nice and nice and light. Mm-hmm. Simple wood, easily malleable. Is malleable the right word with wood, or is that just malleable? Malleable is it? Malleable. It's like workable, isn't it? A yeah, workable. like you, you you can craft it. You can make a nice little basket. Weaving. Whittling, even. Whittling. Good word. Uh, Alex, what type of tree would you be? A bonsai tree. Bonsai tree. They're tiny. Yeah, but they just look cool. My my brother's just got a bonsai kit, and you apparently have to, like, feed it rainwater. You can only feed it rainwater, and you have to keep it in the fridge, like, for some part of the year. Well, I wouldn't want that to happen to me, but... I just... <laughs> I just... I just think they're cool, and they come in like a little square pot. Hmm. I don't want one. Did you decide what um type of tree you would be, Boozy, or was it? I'm you gonna... were just going with golf one. Well, um, I'm gonna pick. A... I'm gonna say oak tree. I think solid. It's quite a noble tree, to be fair. Noble tree, indeed. Sound. Bit of bit of bit of solid wood. That I respect that as a choice. That's the sort mm-hmm. of choice you get when you're sponsored by FGH. <laughs> Please sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex can afford good internet. <laughs> I've still got the the water bottle with me. Hashtag drastic on plastic. Oof. What? That's not the hashtag. Strapped strap strap line. It is. I'm reading it off the bottle right now. 
Oh, that's got to be the name of the pod, hasn't it? This week. Drastic on plastic. <laughs> they, they, they reduce consumption of plastic bottles by 25,000 each festival season. That's pretty good. I almost feel bad for laughing at that now. Like That's actually proper. Yeah, shut up. Shut up, Hilton. Boobie's trying to save the world one plastic bottle at a time. <laughs> I'm just out here trying to choke a turtle. Anyway, so this week we're just gonna we're gonna take a little bit of a diversion from our nas- our um, normal schedule. We're first, gonna get into chatting to Boovie, talk about some of the sights he's he's been seeing while he's been working the doors, and if he's a uh, and what he feels about conspiracies in general, really. And then we've got Hilton with our conspiracy. Only one conspiracy this week. It is a corker, though. Like it is, it is a classic. And then we're going to move on to Gentleman's Corner as well. And Boovie's prov- as one of them for us as well. As do attempted, I. at least. Attempted. I can promise you, it never gets any further than attempted with any of us. <laughs> planning going into this. You have been, you have been listening to the podcast, Boovie. Like it's been a. It's been a shambles most weeks. <laughs> I, I didn't even plan last week. And I think it shows. The thing is, the listeners aren't going to realise that about 10 minutes before you joined the call, Walker, you messaged us to say that you forgot that we were recording. Yeah. <laughs> I was just busy on Xbox, falling asleep, and then you messaged me, and I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, shit. <laughs> what, what game were you playing? Um... Well, I was on Warzone for a bit, but then I get a bit bored of it. So I bought that new um, Star Wars Jedi game. But to be honest, it's not that good. So. Oh, it's a shame. Yeah, I've only heard good things about it. It's just a bit boring. You're boring in what way? Well, it just tells you, press this, press that, press this. Isn't that the premise of most video games, though? But what's the point? Like, I'd rather just discover it myself. That's what most like Star Wars Jedi games. I remember Force Unleashed was like that. It, like, had you had you go on like a proper set path. Yeah, it's this, it's the same as Force Unleashed, pretty much. I mean, I was playing it on DS, but <laughs> <laughs> what a device that was, Nintendo. <laughs> you know, I, I bought, miss those days. I bought one last summer for fifty quid, thinking, you know what, I'm going to use this a lot. <laughs> and have you? Well, I got one game and I completed it within a week, and I've not touched it since. Nintendogs, Nintendo. Yeah, it was uh, Super Mario Brothers. Oh. You have to have Mario Kart as well, surely. I couldn't get it. You couldn't get Mario Kart. Well, I was in CEX and they didn't sell it in there. So. Oh. That's fair enough. By the way, apparently CEX isn't actually pronounced CEX; it's pronounced sex. It is sex. Well, I had no idea. I genuinely thought it was C-E-X. Well, yeah, I thought it was C-E-X. Well, how would you name a shop Sex? Because they're edgy. That's not yeah, edgy. There's, there's edgy and then there's edgy. Like, if you're going to go and buy video games, it doesn't exactly scream masculine, particularly. So well, that's, calling... why they, that's, why, that's why they called it Sex, because it's only a bunch of virgins that work there, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen half the people that work in C-E-X? Proper trolls. Uh, you mentioned Nintendogs as well, by the way. Um, just a nice reminder for anyone who ever had Nintendogs, or a Tamagotchi for that matter. They've all starved. Yep, they're dead. <laughs> a horrifying thought. But they, <laughs> cause they, you had to feed them every day, didn't you? Yeah. I, I don't know. 
never personally no. played it really. Tamagotchi, yeah, definitely. I don't really remember exactly how it worked, but it was definitely one of those things that required a substantial investment of time. To be fair, think about it, Tamagotchi was really crap. There was like there was like three buttons and you could like feed it and then that's about it really. Yeah, but think about how much fun you had with those three buttons, like. That's, I don't remember it. I don't remember having fun with it and thinking, oh, this is brilliant. <laughs> Being three buttons. You don't remember anything else, but why was that the only thing that you remembered? Well, there's a reason why it's dead, and it's not because I had loads of fun playing it. Yeah, but there's loads of good games that are dead now. It doesn't mean that they were bad. No, times bad. have changed, didn't it? It was bad, mate. Trust me. This is a really good segue we've managed to get from we're going to talk about uh, experiences with conspiracy theory to Nintendogs and whether Tamagotchis were shit. Yeah, that's true. I guess uh, I guess we'll start maybe, uh, with um, your work on the uh, the doors at the various nightclubs in the northwest, as well as doing the security at the uh, festivals and that. What what made you uh, want to do that sort of line of work? Uh, it all started, um, I think, uh, halfway through second year. I knew I was in the middle of applying for potentially a year in industry. Uh, I think it was I was getting to assessment centres and interviews, but not quite getting over the line to secure uh, that placement year. So when I decided to back out of that, and this, yeah, so okay, I'm going to come back to uni next year. I knew I wanted to do something to. Uh, occupy my time over the summer to potentially build up a new experience for the CV going forward and this was the one of the first option I saw and possibly the best option in terms because what was it Uh, we all obviously had our links with FGH through the rugby club so we there was the opportunity to go for an open evening session uh, speak to was it David Hassel the marketing manager Mm -hmm. of FGH so it just went from there, really. They sold the idea to me very well, like go across the country working festivals. So uh, uh, you work during the day, you can see some of the coolest acts in the in the country uh, when you're off shift. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it just it just worked really well. I thought um, I did seven festivals that first summer. Um, there was a, a core group of us from the rugby, and you know what I came out of that summer really mm-hmm. really satisfied with what i what i'd done over the last eight weeks so much so that i was prepared to uh put myself forward to join the the regular team which meant that i would uh start working at uh on the doors at the sugar house mm-hmm. yeah so, and i guess oh yeah well, you, uh, you, you 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 feel free dodsy I was lying in wait, but I can lie in wait a bit longer. Like, I was like lying child. in wait too. <laughs> um, Who would win, Dodds or Hill? <laughs> um, I guess uh, you mentioned those confrontational uh, moments you had. I guess working a working a lot of festivals, you must have seen a few interesting sights. Fuck off! That was my question. <laughs> I know. I knew you were going to answer that. I knew you were going to ask that. That's why I was going to let you to go first. But you're too polite. You're just too <laughs> polite, Hilton. I can shut up. I could shut up and you can ask it if you want. However, yeah. It's been and gone now. That it's, ship has sailed. It's, it's your question now. It's not like I don't I don't feel invested in it anymore. You have to think of a new one. Yeah. 
Think of a new one, and I'll let you. I'll let you go next. Just do what <laughs> I do. Make it up on the spot. Um. So yeah. So you mentioned those coming across some uh, interesting characters, some uh, confrontational folk. I guess working on the doors of nightclubs, working at festivals, you're gonna have you're gonna have seen quite a few interesting sights, some interesting people. Um. Not. I'm not just meaning like. Uh, Idiots, but you're you're obviously going to talk to some interesting folks. So I was wondering, uh, what 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 do you th- who was like the most interesting or sort of mysterious person you you met like while you were doing those sort of jobs? There was um the the one that springs to mind was uh I think in my first summer doing it I was put I was put on the VIP area for Manchester Pride mm-hmm. and. This this gent this gentleman uh, really caught me off guard because essentially from the very first uh, moment he spoke to me he he talked to me like he'd known me my entire life it re- it really scared me because mm-hmm. it was like I'm really sorry I don't know who you are but then we we went discussions went round uh, everyone who was on the VIP area that weekend and we all, we all ended up saying the same thing it's like yeah this is how he this is how he first came up to us then he uh, it got a bit it got a bit awkward like, as the weekend went on because essentially he he went round us like clockwork every for for he'd spe- he'd speak to us for 5 minutes he'd put throw in a couple of flirtatious lines in there so talking about um <laughs> i think he started talking about like how how amazing my eyes were um but he wasn't wrong but well in terms of most interesting i think he definitely he, it's he was what he springs to mind because of the way he portrayed himself he, he's he's somebody that uh, I re- I remember more easily than the other t- uh, perhaps than the other people, but more so for his uh, I don't know his confidence, his uh, forward approach a bit. Uh, don't get me wrong. When he, I think there were moments when he was actually an interesting person to talk to. Like he, I know he went on uh, in a bit detail in terms of the he got this particular artist to sing at his 50th birthday party which i thought was quite cool um mm. but and then, but then other parts it was like you know you're a quick you're a bit strange there sorry <laughs> did you ever get the impression that because maybe this is just me and where my brain would go but i have watched undercover boss a hell of a lot if this guy comes up to you and all i sometimes sudden, yeah, think, think this in work you know like genuinely did you ever just think well that like, you'd be mad Imagine Jeff Bezos turning up on Amazon. <laughs> he wouldn't well, do that. Obviously not Jeff Bezos, but like, I think if someone's just prattling about work or being dead lazy or something, they just seem to be getting away with it. Then I'm like, how are you getting away with it? Are you actually in charge of everyone here and you're just trying to lay low? So it, how would, it always shits me up. Like, would you, Lynn? Well, like, if you were in that position, how would you blend in? Would you try and be the one that appeared like a bit of a kiss-ass? As if because no nobody suspects the kiss-ass. Or would you would you play it like that? Would you just take liberties the whole way? Uh, I don't know. I've you got are. you. 
You, you haven't prepared for the, for, for these inevitable questions stemming from this intellectual conversation. Maybe I'm just paranoid. <laughs> no, that's definitely where my brain would have gone, Booty. I, I think it's because you say he he was adamant that he knew, was it just the rugby lads who were out there working or was it all of you? Uh, what do you mean, sorry? So, In terms of the, the guy who you say spoke to you as if he knew you his whole yeah. life. Did he say that he knew, like he actually knew you, or was it just an impression? It was. Of it a, was, it aura was his aura, isn't his impression? Um, he, uh, that that made me think that because he, I think it was the, what was it the way the, he he took one look at me and just like, what was it? Opened up his arms, was like, hey, how are you? It's like, I'm good. Sorry, who are you? Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was probably but, just off his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was thinking. Oh God! <laughs> it, well, it, it wouldn't. Oh. It, of course, it wouldn't surprise me. But um, <laughs> yeah, out, about out of all the people that you speak speak to at these festivals, he, he's uh, for in a strange way the one I don't forget. Have you ever had while you've been working the festivals in particular? Because I'm one of those people who, when I walk up the stairs in my house in the evening, I have to have the lights on on the landing when I come up. Because in my brain, there's some sort of, there's some part of me, some survival instinct going, there's something behind you. <laughs> and if I was out on a campsite at night when pretty much everyone was, well, I mean, I'm talking early morning at this point, because obviously at festivals, it's not like it dies down at all. But if I was just sort of alone, watching on what everyone else was doing that would creep me the fuck out like did you ever get an experience while you're working one of the festivals where you just thought oh i really don't feel comfortable here i think the only time whether did i feel uncomfortable at a festival uh I think the only really I only thought about it like that and perhaps like in the the first the first time I ever worked a festival um because what is it uh I'd never actually been to a festival as a customer so really didn't really know what to expect but as a so I was I was I was, I was a steward at the time put on one of the um the be the static positions on like the outer rim of the festival site um, it was all going well, but within a f the first hour, I had my first uh, call to action, as it were, because this person, th these guys came up to me, going, "Can you tell me where the like the medical tent is?" It's like, "Yes, it's uh, straight on, and then to your right." But then it's like, and then but then they said, "My friend's having a seizure," um, at which point I'm thinking, "Well, this is great." I mean, I've had minimal radio training at this point, and now my first call, my first use of the radio, I've got a call for the first aid team, uh, emergency first aid, to to come out and try and get this guy having a seizure to the medical tent as safely as possible. And at that point, it was like, I don't know what I've thrown myself into here, to be honest. Um, Do you sort of learn quickly on, on the go then that you when you're in the deep end, I suppose, you have to swim or sink oh, yeah. I mean, figuratively most most positions on a festival site you get access to a radio so you just get used to listening to how each other speak over the radio and then you pick up the habits yourself mm -hmm. so uh, that that part of the job were, was alright to pick up I think some of the skills that um, um, 
I think, in my opinion, the ones that you either have or you might not is the, your ability to uh, communicate with people of all uh, sorts, whether they're intoxicated or not, um, to to be able to calm them no matter what. That that takes serious skill, and I've seen and I've worked with colleagues who I've seen being able to do this, and it's like I hold my hands up like that. That's that's brilliant because I know I, I'd struggle to do. Uh, the job as well as you've just done. Hmm. I suppose that you, you have to learn to to rationalise the situation very quickly when you you have to deal with because a festival is a really unique experience for for how people behave because it's almost as if you turn up and like rule books go out the window. It's a bit. It's a bit of a micro micro. Well, I mean, it depends which one you're working, but if you're working like. Like your typical music festival, you're gonna have people on very definitely various different substances, and they're obviously gonna act very different to how they may normally act. It's also be you do get a lot of people at festivals that haven't don't haven't haven't had much experience uh, with those type of substances before, so they become the, some of the most vulnerable people. If they if all if all it takes is um, just to have slightly too much, and that it could be become very very dangerous very quickly mm-hmm. so um you do have to constantly be on the, the lookout just in case uh somebody could be putting themselves in uh, a lot of danger yeah i mean well my my opinion with drugs is that i don't think i think a lot of it is just people aren't educated in how to do them and that Sure, there are like horrible drugs out there which cripple people's lives and ba- waste make them waste away their years. So like, well, like heroin and and uh, like meth and stuff like that. But if you, the most danger comes from when when you don't know what you're doing, basically. And if so, if you don't, if you've got a pill, if you bought a pill for the first time, and you don't know what's in it. That's very dangerous. It's also very dangerous if you don't know how what concentration the pill is. Say you might might only need a normal dose might only be a quarter or such. People like all these drug dealers put crap in the the pills and that. But it's the same with any drug as well. Like you just you just need to really educate yourself. And I think you just people who do drugs just really need to think and like ask themselves why they're doing it. They do they and like if they it's, do have articles yeah, if it's just nowadays, like... which is it's all about the acceptance essentially that okay, um, drugs are going to be taken at festivals. Um, mm-hmm. They, in terms of a, from a security standpoint, it, we they we simply do not have the capacity uh, to be able to confiscate all drugs as they come onto the site. Uh, na- naturally, some mm-hmm. uh, some will get through. That people will all. Uh, young people will always find ways um but yeah the, there are now articles that say accept this and basically explain okay if you're going to take it this is how to do it as safely as possible so it's like is it half half portions uh always always like uh eat in be- eat or drink in between don't go or d- don't mix um substances that give, give a give an interval before the, the next uh, dose um so they, they try as as much as they can to keep it as safe as possible or to keep to keep yeah to keep, definitely to make customers informed but 
naturally uh, the, those who want to do it aren't necessarily the ones that are going to find that information that it's, it's mm -hmm. because well they're not looking for it and that's the problem have you ever done a drug bust Daisy? have i done a drug bust? obviously I'm, in... I'm not like the police would do you don't start banging on someone's tent door and that but <laughs> tent door tent banging on someone's tent door you just hear like some rustling goes like <laughs> I mean you make a I mean... shadow puppets on the wall. <laughs> FBI open up boom boom boom. <laughs> you know those things they used to break down the door? Oh no. They, they like the proper barricade. Imagine going up one of those on the tent. <laughs> Something out of mountain warehouses out. <laughs> well well welcome to tea in the park <laughs> i think that type of job never came down to me that that always went to certainly more experienced and, and senior members of the team um but i try and i think it's only been a handful of times i i myself have been actually involved with i don't know um either the confiscating of the drugs or maybe kicking somebody out of a venue because of their um, drug use, but so compared to what you're asking about a drug bust, that's a, it's a lot more uh, low scale, much lower on the scale, basically. Oh. Underage drinking. If you, I, I guess you, you must have at a festival had to confiscate. Yeah, well, confiscate. Alcohol. I was on the um, search gates a few times, certainly in the second year, and that that was always uh, an interesting one because we were strictly informed. This you are applying the same licensing rules here as you would at a at a bar, um. So we'd get a lot of, uh, sixteen to seventeen year olds come to, uh, the site with their with their cans or with their, uh, bottles of vodka, um, in a plastic bottle. They, they couldn't bring glass into the festival site, of course. Uh, ah, because of plastic makes it less yeah, suspicious um but so but i'd ask for their id and they like they'd show it and it's like you do realize this this you're telling me you're you're under the age of 18 it's like correct well that means you can't uh, bring the alcohol into the festival site we're still applying the same licensing rules so, um to be honest i think a lot a lot of them uh were quite accepting of it actually it was i think at that age you're you're just you're trying your luck essentially um it's one of the i think the the more com we got more complaints i think off the um the slightly uh, older customers when for instance we told them they couldn't bring their glass bottle of wine or vodka um into the the site it takes bottles of wine to a festival <laughs> i tell you would take a bottle of wine to a festival johnny coops <laughs> and a glass as well. He would, <laughs> mate. He'd be there. In his, he'd be there in his hunter wellies and their chinos, uh, flat cap. <laughs> listening to Munford and Sons while sipping like a Shiraz or something like that. I'd have to respect it, but I've just, I've just never seen it. Like you never see the lunatic jumping down the mud slope on top of their tent using it as like a bod board, and then getting up at the bottom and sort of necking a glass of. Sauvignon Blanc. Like, he he would do it. Although he'd be a bit more high end, he'd probably have a champagne for it or something. Have you ever seen? Well, I mean. Oh no, he would. He would definitely. He would definitely take the VIP like luxury, uh, luxury tents and that as well. Like, 
he would he would be staying he would be staying in go outdoors uh, basic price range uh, two man ten. Lumping, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, definitely. He'd be he'd have a yurt. He'd definitely have a yurt, and then he'd have like the posh toilets and all that. Yeah, when he listens to this, he's gonna be fuming. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say like perhaps we shouldn't name and shame everyone. <laughs> Definitely. Like, that's not that bad, but as a rule of thumb, like if we're, if we're gonna bin people off, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Do you remember? Do you remember the first the first week where we, where I was talking about the lab technician? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I played I played that in front of I played that in front of mum. She was like, "Oh, you shouldn't make it so personal. You know, they could be listening." And I'm like, "I doubt they are. She's not gonna listen. Like, like it could be traced it's back to you. She did. Though. She's gonna find you." What? One more yeah, listen. Hello to the lab technician. Imagine Char- her and Peter Crouch both listening. <laughs> Charity boxing match. <laughs> By the way, on the topic of um, just because you brought up champagne, on this occasion I won't name a name, but a certain uh, was it future? Yeah, it was a, a future social sec when we played. Um, well, I say we played. I was in the drinking squad because I wasn't very good. The, the UCLAN Varsity mm-hmm. at, at the Hoppers Ground. And at the aftermatch function, they had a raffle. And one of the boys won a like a miniature bottle of Prosecco <laughs> as his prize. And like obviously <laughs> obviously head social sec told him he had to, he had to chin it. I just remember him getting, <laughs> getting his straws, tipping it back, and it going down and for a brief minute looking at him like what an effort. And then just the most <laughs> violent sit <laughs> ever seen. <laughs> It was just like, because from our point of view that day, God, so was this when you were in New Zealand? It must have been. It was second. Must year. have been. Must yeah, have been. Like, so the first and the second team both played at the Hoppers ground, and the threes were all just there from before the women's rugby game. So we had three games of rugby to watch, with a bar with two pound fifty pints. <laughs> Cans we've already brought ourselves. So dangerous. Like, so dangerous. The whole the whole day. I remember I didn't make it to hustle. Like I was, <laughs> I was just spent. I couldn't get there. We were just on the bus on the way back, and we were just dribbling pretty much. <laughs> made the, made the smart decision to go home at that point. <laughs> Good idea. Yeah, so I just came into my mind because you mentioned champagne. I just remember thinking it was such a good effort for about half a second. <laughs> mm-hmm. and it, all went down. it was at this moment he knew he'd <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> he fucked it bad. Like, Actually stacked so it. Anyway, it's, I think I think we should uh, move on. So, uh, seeing as we are about conspiracy conspiracy theories and the like, I just wanted to Boovy, do you? How much do you believe or read into conspiracy theories? Like, would you say you were an avid believer of some, or do you feel find there are them utter bollocks? <laughs> now, be careful I... what you say here, because <laughs> I was a complete and utter bollocks to conspiracy theories at the start, and now I'm absolutely all over them. I'm falling for, <laughs> Look at falling now. for Look every at single one. <laughs> um, I don't think I've spent much of my life uh, following or reading up on these conspiracies certainly not ones that are supposedly like related to what is reality and what is not um i i have come across one or two movie conspiracy theories 
over the year which have definitely caught my attention more. Um, or oh, is that like the meaning behind certain bits of a of a film? And stuff? Yeah, it's like I think um, whether it be within one film or, or whether it be through a franchise, a franchise there are actually links that uh, were so delicately uh, poised that they no one even realised them when you watch them. Oh, or that's like all the uh, all the Disney ones, isn't it? That's right. Um, yeah. And then there's other conspiracies like linking two completely separate films together that might have a only one common factor involved by just like the same actor involved. I think that you might have you might have mm-hmm. heard the this this theory before, but I think my favorite film conspiracy that I've ever heard was regarding um, the films Titanic and Inception. What? So. Have you not heard this? No, I don't know. I haven't heard. I haven't yeah, heard that haven't. one before. No, I, I haven't uh, either. You've actually you've done so well here. For the for the listeners, we asked Boogie to we we gave a little bit of a briefing on some. If you had to pick like a conspiracy theory sort of topic, like and to pick one that none of us have ever heard of is a pretty good effort because we've got no life whatsoever. <laughs> so, so I haven't written it down, but the way it, the way it works is this: um, in the film. Titanic. We all know that was it Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio's character was it Jack Dawson. Eventually, uh, dies in the in the water like it is because um, his body temperature gets too cold. So, uh, um, and Rose refuses to let him uh, share the share that little uh, branch of wood um, of the the ship with with her. So it's all what it's all bit. Rose's fault. Um, so Jack eventually uh, was it after the emotional scene of "I'll never let go." Rose lets go of Jack. So so Jack has plummeted plummets to the bottom of the sea. Now, if you fast forward to Inception, the opening the opening scene is Leonardo DiCaprio's character Dominic Cobb uh, being swept up by the shore. Um, so he's a He's on the shore and he gets found by um, uh, was it? I think the character's name is Saito's sec- uh, security yeah, team. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and then he gets taken to Saito. They realize uh, they um, they'd met before um, in dream world or reality. Uh, I'm not sure if I could follow, keep up with Inception at that point. But the the but basic. Uh, theory the bottom line of it is that those two characters are the same jack jack the jack dawson from titanic is also dominic cobb mm. in inception so like when he washes up on when the he beach. washes up on the beach it's the same guy mm-hmm. same character i mean i mean i That's think it's mad. i think it's totally plausible that because i mean the reason well it's just like when they wash up he's like they're in the i mean i, I only watched the film like last week i rewatched it and which one is Inception or Titanic? Inception, Inception, definitely. Okay, fair. Now we're um, the same. Yeah, so uh, definitely makes sense because, like, like the time span in that, that sort of that it's like that bottom layer of Dream World. I can't. It's like the void. Limbo. Or I can't remember they call what they call it, it. Yeah, in limbo. Yes. Um. That that that's like an infinite time. So it's. I think it's definitely plausible that. The, the two could be linked. The way I, I began to see it was um, so I think they 
in the in the film, uh, they enter. Is it Cobb or DiCaprio? Uh, and they enter limbo when uh, Killian Murphy's character gets shot. So they need to go to limbo to to find him. But in order to do that, yeah, uh, Cobb has to face his dead wife. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much. It, during that period in limbo, he comes to peace uh, with the like the fact that he might is in fact like guilty for his wife committing suicide and mm-hmm. so if you when you think about it um was it if he so if he's put to bed if he's fa- found peace with the fact that this is what happened he's going to move on and then he gets he's stuck in limbo for a while further i don't know if it if it involves like entering another layer of the dream world which is going to be filled with his subconscious wouldn't you uh, fill your subconscious with the opportunity as a as a as a as a young person to get the chance to cruise the the biggest ship in the world and potentially fall in love with a uh one of the wealthy with one of the wealthiest women and or from the one of the wealthiest families and get to paint them like one of his french girls i mean the painting like french girls <laughs> grand, I think, but I what we know now about the titanic could probably pick a different cruise line <laughs> oh that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that doesn't—that's the one part I hadn't thought of. I think that. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, don't get me wrong. That I'm buying it. Yeah, <laughs> he, he had the hindsight of knowing the Titanic sinks. Um, Maybe it was a good way to so he could get out. Basically, yeah, if you're in a dream and you you you've moved on from your wife, I think naturally you would dream of painting a a, a very beautiful girl like one of the other French girls that you've supposedly painted. <laughs> <laughs> and actually to be fair if we're saying that that's another kind of level of the dream world sort of thing when he lets go of the raft that quite clearly could have fitted two people exactly. on yes we've gone through, he kind of falls backwards which in inception would bring him out of a level of dream that's true yeah that that that, that would it be would that's the kick. Uh, I never, i've never heard that before i think i heard it in during first year of university and uh it's it did stick with me i would think I, I was sold on it but then and then the more i thought about it and the fact that what was it so titanic was directed by james cameron inception was directed mm-hmm. by christopher nolan and it's become clear that christopher nolan's attention to detail is as good as it gets you, you just have to watch mm-hmm. films like the the dark knight trilogy and dunkirk to know that um as well as inception um, but you could imagine with the attention to detail that somebody like Christopher Nolan gives, he could think of something like that, just to add, just to add another layer to the film. Yeah, most definitely. Do you reckon he did? Do you, do you reckon that, like, because it obviously it is very plausible. With it being films, like you can almost never know whether someone intended something one way and then made it, and other people interpret mm-hmm. it like that, or whether that was the initial aim. Like, do you reckon that he was sat there going, you know what's really going to fuck with people like 10 years after this film's come out? Titanic. <laughs> I would not put it past him. Definitely not. I'm completely lost, to be honest. <laughs> As always seems to be the case. <laughs> well, the Titanic was a boat. Oh, well, yeah. Cheers. Um, Thanks for that. You're welcome. Knowing is half a battle. You just have to listen to it back. Every Walker. single time I've watched Inception, I've been confused within half an hour. I'm trying to think what happens half an hour into Inception now. 
Well, that's, that's just in, mm. in general. It's not the same point every time, but I've never gone all the way through <laughs> and thought, you know what, I know what's happened. Half an hour in, I think Cobb's probably talking to Michael Caine, which is probably as simple as it gets in the mm. film. <laughs> <laughs> that's still enough to confuse Walker. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, great. I've I come across proper thick on this. <laughs> We'd like to confirm that Walker's not thick. The first time I watched Inception, I think I was on a on a coach and the sound was off. So Inception's confusing enough at the time with the dialogue. But if you're trying to watch all these different layers of the film with with no dialogue. Did you have subtitles? No. Or were you No subtitles. I was about it was it was the smallest screen. I was about 15, 20 meters away. I was like at the back of the bus, the screen was at the front. I was like what is the point? Why watch a film at that point? I was like, what on earth is actually happening here? It's a good effort. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have a clue what was going on if it didn't have the sound. No. But I reckon you could make anything confusing if you just removed... Like, do you remember that TV show, Arthur? Like, every day do when you're walking do down... Do you remember street, that... that? As in, like, people are going to forget <laughs> Arthur. Absolutely classic. Iconic. But imagine taking the sound off that and just watching these weird animal-shaped humans mouthing at each other. No subtitles, no context, no holes barred, tables, ladders, and chairs. Like, <laughs> feasibly, that could be as confusing as... as well, imagine taking the sound out of this, it'd be well confusing. <laughs> oh, no, bloody hell. It's like reverse Stevie Wonder all over again. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine someone listening to a podcast that was just silent for two hours. <laughs> just some kid vibing there, like, man, this is what I need to hear. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Oh, stop it. It's a spoiler for next week's episode. It's just two hours, of, two hours of silence. <laughs> you'd, you'd have, oh, to, you'd have to film next week's podcast just to make it more awkward so they have to watch every time you burst out in laughter. Like, oh, oh that would be so good. <laughs> that would be so good. That would be, be such a psych to go with face cameras available for the first podcast and then just no audio. No audio. <laughs> just got a lip read. You could bring back silent movies. Yeah, we could just make it all slap. It'd be like a... Do you know like how they they edit Charlie Chaplin films where they put the dialogue up on... The dialogue. And then just something happens. <laughs> we could just have that and all, all of a sudden Dodge is laughing. La- laughing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that'd be quality. Anyway, we've got, we've got, we've got pretty sidetracked once again. Um, we haven't. We haven't. That's exactly what we're <laughs> here for. It just comes round. It just comes round in full circle, doesn't it? Oh, man. Can we like cut for two seconds? I really need a wee. Yeah, go we admire your honesty, we'll What he doesn't know is that steak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, Booby. I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, everything, everything. It's always something that happens to Alex, which during the pod. So like two weeks ago, his mum kit walked yep. in, and then the one the one I'm editing at the minute, 
his he puts his dog out halfway through the through the pod, and like he's like he's like says in it, please take this out, but I've left it in because it's fucking funny. <laughs> <Hold on. laughs> he puts his dog out. No, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. Missing, so I'm, he picked... I'm confusing that with putting his dog down. I thought that is rude. No, he doesn't um... put his dog down. No, <laughs> he puts he he puts it out the room. Basically, oh, right. that, so, that's uh... a bit more understandable. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna that that's definitely staying in, and then this is definitely gonna stay in as well, probably. Yeah, I was aware of the fact that Walker tends to be the the one that get gets the stick, really, because you always you always vote against his. Uh, <laughs> I think that was just the first one, yeah. really. Like, but... it will also be how everything is from here on. Yeah, right? it will be pretty much. What, what, what do you think? Uh, what do you think then? Do you th- are we going to get a clean sweep on the this the Titanic conception theory? I'm definitely voting in favour of it. Yeah. Well, I'm buying it 100. percent I like. I like it. Yeah, I do like it. So it's very appealing. I think, like, I'm I'm a big fan of that. When you mentioned that you were. You're on about a film sort of conspiracy. I thought you were going to bring out something similar to that, like and Furbies, how it's like the sister actually makes everything up, and Phineas and Ferb are both out and back. Ooh, that's dark. That seems dark. All I've heard then was that's one that bringing out as like a full one. We definitely, we definitely need to do a movie one, and Boothie could come back for the movie one, maybe. Yeah. That'll be quite good. Research on the nuances of the Titanic. Well, I've I've heard I've heard some like proper proper niche ones. Like, uh, have you ever heard of the film Snowpiercer? No, I have not. No, but it's, it's, it's by that guy who did who did Parasite, that most recent one. People, oh yeah. People think it's a it's a sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> hey. What? Okay, don't say anything. That's going to <laughs> that is niche. I think I think it is that one, but there's there's also there's also there's also one about the alien movies, which I think is correct or something like that. Which is like the directors came out and said, "Yeah, that's totally true." So I think we need to do some research. Yeah, I'd on quite that like to well. do like a movie week one. To be yeah. fair, we did two normals, then we had a music week, then we had a guest. We could carry on with that thing, couldn't we? So you have like two normal ones. Yeah, I'll be going for that movie. Yeah, and guess. I said, I, I said next week want to do well. In two weeks time, I want to do Bermuda Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, well that like. that can just be going in as a normal week, can't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sound. We have I a also like the idea of, We do. The the message that the Viking centers. Viking sent us a message after we followed him on Instagram saying that he thought we should get all the Johnnies of the rugby club in before the... We're not allowed to say his actual name in case this stays in the edit. Before actual Johnny comes on. Just that we've gone through everyone first. Which I thought was great. <laughs> what a fantastic <laughs> idea that is. Right. See, you your actual that? name is John Booth rather than Tom Booth. It is. It is John Booth. <laughs> <laughs> I, love that. Uh, I wouldn't mind that because then it would be JP. Be <laughs> um, where do we even pick up off that? So, guys, after that unexpected, uh, astounding theory, really from Boothy, what are regulars saying about that? What do you think, Hilton? Well, I've got to be honest. I'm absolutely sold on that. Obviously, we've we've got we've had a limited pool of information, but I'm a big believer that other directors. 
do sort of borrow bits because I think you've got to be that kind of artsy person that you like a bit of a collaboration, a bit of a, a bit of a steal of ideas. Mm-hmm. I I would like to believe that that's true. And I think it's so plausible that I'm going to say that I do actually think it is. So yeah, I'm I'm voting in favour. I think that's real. Okay, uh, Walker, what do you think? Um, too confused to say. Look, too confused. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll agree with Hilton. So like it's basically the T the TLDR is uh, so basically Titanic's a whole dr- basically just the dream that Leonardo DiCaprio's character in Inception has basically. Uh, yes, effectively. That's pretty much it. If that makes sense. Slightly more nuanced than that, but yeah. Yeah, but I yeah. don't understand Inception. <laughs> is my point here. So. All oh, right, you're a lost cause then. <laughs> I don't know if it's possible or not. <laughs> did not. Did not finish. <laughs> yeah. No <laughs> I'll call it a draw. <laughs> um, well, I'm I'm completely sold on that as well. I think uh, I think it's a very interesting one, and I'm actually really excited to do a few more. They're not really cons- conspiracies, but like fan theories on That's movies because uh, yeah. with a conspiracy theory, a lot of the things, well, it's the sort of type of people that come up with them don't think everything through. So there's obviously massive holes. In what they in what they say, however, people people who are like into that sort of sort of stuff often like or like are into those fan theories often go through and make sure that everything is like spot on to make sure that their theory is actually like pretty plausible. So I think we'd have a lot more yes yes and no's, a lot more like agreements with the theories rather than their rather than like discrediting like stupid ones like the one Hilton's got for us next well you say stupid <laughs> but the only person who's going to seem stupid is you guys if you don't believe this is true I'm giving you one opportunity to get on board with this bandwagon but once the train leaves the station that that's it it's gone mate I'm it's not going to lie I had a google and I've seen the merch and I'm just going to I'm, I'm definitely going to buy some merch I think the merchandise is unbelievable there's merch. Um, That's there's, there's everything. This theory has it all. Boothie, as our guest, if you had to pick your favourite bird, what would it be? Well, we all have a very good friend in the rugby club who goes... Oh, B.A. Who, who, um, <laughs> who, go, who goes by Pigeon. So... Oh, thank God. <laughs> where that was going. <laughs> who, did you, who did you think he was going to say, Hilton? Oh, he said we've all got. I asked him who his favourite bird was, and he said, "Oh, oh no, no, no!" With my heel, I could like literally picture that. I could see the like, like literally the red lights going off. Like, oh no, I'm moving to Death Gone Three. <laughs> the correct answer. She who must not be named. <laughs> there are there are no birds. Birds are fake. Birds aren't real. That's where this was going. Birds, birds are a conspiracy. <laughs> they're I mean, literally one of the best things I've ever seen. So this was, uh, and I use the term movement very loosely here, but this is a movement started by a college student called Peter Muckindo. Not McEnroe, Muckindo. And basically, he's come up with this idea that from 2001 onwards, the CIA and the US government have methodically, systematically, and unequivocally farmed all the birds in the world 
just killed them off one by one and replaced them with little flying bird looking like robots. Well, so, I'm, I'm, so you're saying before 2001, birds existed. I'm glad now, you said that. Because and now they th- just th- don't. There's so much coherency. It all adds up. 2001, the theory suggests that naturally, because 2001 was a very sensitive time in political history for America, but that's got nothing to do with why birds disappeared. It's apparently Richard Nixon's fault, even though this happened in 2001. The plot thickens. Richard Nixon, apparently, uh, or according to my extensive research, decided that America needed a new way to keep its population safe. And because America has the role of self-anointed global peacekeeper, they've also got to keep everybody else in the world safe. So how do you do that? You kill 12 billion feathered fugitives. That's exactly the wording on this website. I love it. Because the CIA decided it was their best chance of protecting the human race and ensuring its survival. So they replaced all birds with avian-like robots used to monitor and protect the population. I don't know why Richard Nixon links into this, because Peter Muckendoe was explicit that this was a 2001 sea change from birds to no birds. Uh, Basically, he claims now, silly little boy, he claims that this is all a hoax to teach people about conspiracy theories and how well a story can spread. It's bollocks. There's merchandise. If you type in... I'm putting a link in the chat. uh, The link needs to be spread further. Like, I'm not talking about the chat. I'm talking about like this needs to be on the socials. We, we need to, we need to be tweeting them. Ironic hat bird pun. You're welcome. Oh we, we, God, kill me. Oh, that was bold. <laughs> well, I mean, I had I had an opportunity. I had to go with it. <laughs> he's taken one, Walker. He's taken one. He missed them. He missed the. Uh, he's missed two of them so far, and he's got one in now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Boothy, there is actually a baby pigeon T-shirt for twenty-five dollars. This um, merch is class. It's it's nice, isn't it? There's um there's a bourgeoisie bird shirt, uh, of basically a mock-up of the Beatles crossing. Oh, this is gonna make me seem stupid, isn't it? Abby where where are they crossing? Where? Are they? Oh, you got it right. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm desperately trying to get the only street in Liverpool that I know, of the Anfield Road. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't Penny Lane. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely wasn't. I mean, I can't lie to you guys. There's not an awful lot more to this one. But he claims he made it up to take the Mickey out of QAnon and Alex Jones and other conspiracy theory paddling human beings like that. But it's just it's spread beyond what he could have ever believed. Apparently, at one point, the hashtag Obama is a bird t- trended on Twitter, <laughs> which is oh, awesome. man. Twitter was the platform for a bird-based conspiracy theory, which is something I've got a lot of time for. <laughs> Mr. Beast is involved. He's got, his hand, he's got his hands in many pies, though, doesn't he? I mean, he's probably got a challenge coming up about finding out all the birds that aren't real in 24 hours. That's why he's building that Lego tower. It absolutely is. Um, oh no! I, I was just jo- I was just um, joking about Club Penguin. I'm just scrolling down the the article a bit further. Apparently, Club Penguin is a key feature in the conspiracy theory 
because <laughs> all those people who believe in it communicate and spread the good word through the, that means. So um, not quite sure how that works now. The, the official club Penguins got shut down. They brought part of it back though, didn't they? I think it was someone someone else brought it back. Someone else like put it on. So is it like a fan made one now? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. That's that's how like the people who run it, the mods like have control of what they can do based what they can do on it. So Well Real Club Feng Club Fengwin. Real Club, club Peng or Fake Bengway. Basically, Penguin Club, real or fake, doesn't matter. Penguin, Penguin Bird Club. <laughs> Pingu is a lie. Penguin Club. <laughs> I'd like to say that I want to ask for a serious debate and <clears throat> rational comments from the three of you, but I well, don't think I'm going to get anything. You're not going to get it. I'm not going to lie. My first question would be, is this all birds? Or a flightless one's exempt? That is a hell of a question. The suggestion is, well, it said 12 billion. Let's Google how many birds are there. I just Googled that. We'll, we'll just see what a ballpark figure is. There's no number, apparently. Many millions. Many and billion. I, I only ask it because... I have run over a grouse before and nuts and bolts didn't come flying off it. That was all blood and guts and horribleness. You'd think that, or... So it's not a robot. Maybe the nuts and bolts are just becoming more sophisticated. It's high-tech. So, I mean, the CIA, CIA is involved, like... Exactly. If, if to disprove it, the only way you had to disprove it was to cut open a bird... I mean, people people do that every time. Like, where does chicken come from? Like, oh no, they're you're eating. It. You're eating, eating robots. robots. Eating robots. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you're you're now part of the conspiracy. It's like it's like what we said, nice and logically, a few weeks ago. When people go to Australia, they actually go somewhere, but they're going to South America. When you eat a chicken, it's not actually meat. It's a robot. And the only oh, way to disprove that would be to cut open and examine every bird on the planet, or it might be every f flying bird. I assume that they haven't got like. If they did have that, an ostrich would basically be the like the ATST. For if we're going down the Star Wars line, <laughs> what would the ATAT be? Like, do we have another level of there's giant? Not, there's bird? not really any birds that have like four legs, though. Okay, well, I'm talking sight. So if the ostrich is the uh, ATAT, the emu is the ATST. So like a dodo with like fat in it, so like... Yeah, but it's also really... extinct, but yeah. But they're dead. They're gone. Well, technically, all birds are extinct. Yeah, they're, they're exactly. all gone. But birds aren't real. None of, them, they aren't real. none of them are real. They were, once upon a time. But they're not now. So are they, are they spies, then? Or like, what is... Their purpose uh, now. They don't like to use spies. They they prefer surveillance drones or avian like cameras. So uh, they're CCTV basically. Uh that that would be correct, yeah. Effectively the purpose of them are is part... officially safe. Are they part of the five G conspiracy? You know what? At this stage we're gonna allow it. Probably. <laughs> um <laughs> You can choose whether or not they are responsible for the 5G conspiracy in terms of they thought it up 
or whether in fact birds are 5G, yet to be disproven. I can't really add very much more to this. There's only so far you can take such a nuanced debate without... Really is. So you're saying from 2001 that this, there's been this clearing the clearing birds initiative. So, so in a period of 20 years, they've got rid of every single bird on the planet. How many birds... Uh, how, many yes. bird, how many birds Correct. is that on a daily basis that they need to get? Uh, um, um, point, how many actually. birds a day do they need to get rid of without people <clears throat> noticing? Somewhere between one and a lot would be the scientific answer. I suppose <laughs> the official line is that if somebody does notice, you also have them as well as the birds. Because this is so intricate and so vital to the survival Wait, of the human race. Are you race. suggesting, Hilton, that whoever noticed the the birds disappearing and being replaced by robots were were sent to the was it the South America, the you South like America it. or Australia to be thrown off the like edge it. of the edge of the world? Is that? I'm, I'm not just suggesting it. I'm asserting it. Through the, that's exactly what has happened. Yeah. So they'd I have to kill. What has happened? Six hundred thousand birds a, uh, a year. Have you just have you just done the maths? Yeah, yeah. Six hundred thousand <laughs> a year. I feel like that's. I don't actually think that that's that many. Surely how that many... can't be. Yeah. Wait, it's, it's only one thousand six hundred and forty-three a day. That's very plausible. If you said it was twelve million over the space of twenty years, did you say twelve million or billion? Oh no! Oh no! No, I said twelve billion. Oh wow! <laughs> now, oh, now we got a problem. Oh crap! How implausible does it become now? <laughs> Is it still possible? Yeah, well, the calculator doesn't go that high. So what do you mean? Are you using I'll... your phone? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's... Will it be? Why well, can't I do that? I've lost track, Hilton. Six, it... six million, surely. Uh, yes. Don't make me do mental arithmetic, but yeah, it would be. You just up it by. No, it wouldn't. It could be sixty million. Yeah, yeah, sixty. That'd be one point two. Six hundred million. No, it'd be. Oh, shit. what? In this, in the spur of the moment, I'm confused as to the mathematics, but I am sold as to the math. Yeah, no, it, it'd be six hundred million birds a day. There we go. That's yeah, that's very slightly. different. Can I catch up, Hilton? Um, I love, I've, uh, it's been a while since the your episode discussion on Australia. What was your, what did you decide at the time, and did your opinion change since regarding Australia? Uh, I think at the time I made the conclusion that any logical thinking person would do who knows someone who's been to Australia. Mm -hmm. It's not but real. Just, well, I mean, I assumed wrongly that it, that it, that it had to be real, but as time has gone on and I've matured like a, a fine wine or a mahogany bookshelf, <laughs> I've, I've come to realize that Australia isn't real. And actually my, my so-called friends who've been there are lying. Oh, yeah. Or possibly. Well, no, 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 they're not lying. Person. They're saying their no. truth. They've been lied to. Yeah. They're not phrase. lying. I remember you. They've just been misinformed. I remember you saying how the, so if this theory were to be true, that that would apply. That was it. You said, the Australian cricket team, whenever they play the Ashes, they're all actors. Yeah. You know, the more, you know, the yeah. more I thought about that, um, 
you know the the bull tampering scandal of was it 2019 mm. i think it took place or no no that was no no it was yeah, earlier yeah, than that yeah, more yeah. like 2018 well that suddenly becomes far more convincing doesn't it even more yes. so than than it previously mm -hmm. was there even go. more it's <laughs> like the plot <laughs> these australian cricketers were actors which is why they were able to perform the ball tampering scandal so well mm. it was also why they were able to cope with being caught yep i mean the way the way the way that steve smith david warner and was it bancroft they all, the way they all cried as they announced they're taking time out yeah. of their game. All actors, All actors. cry on, on command. I mean, is it Shane Warren who's gone on to have quite a good TikTok career now? So that explained a lot. <laughs> Actor. Has he actually? Pretty He's sure. Mad. One of, them, one of them definitely has TikTok. Kevin Peterson it's... does. Um, uh, well, not, so not cool. Australian, but... Is pretty pretty sure I think it's Shane Warne. I think it is Shane Warne. I think Shane Warne was born to be an actor. Think of how much t effort goes mm -hmm. into keeping his hair. <laughs> the, the the level <laughs> the level of time that went into he's gotta, that. He's got to keep his obnoxious. He's got to keep his obnoxious attitude up as well. Like. <laughs> Celebrate like you've just got a hundred when you've just got just hit fifty off about one hundred and fifty balls. Yeah. <laughs> Shane Warne's not going to be a friend of the show, is he? Come on! <laughs> Sorry, we've already got Lionel Richie as a friend of the show. We don't need him. Lionel Richie and Peter Crouch. We have them all. The boys. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, what, so, what are we um, saying? Are our birds real, boys? Yeah, so are birds real? Boothy, are boo birds real? Are boos oh. real? Are boos yeah. real? Yesterday... Funnily enough, I was playing a round of golf, shock, and I, w I was so close to actually killing a seagull, or so I thought. Um, I will stick with the belief that the birds are still in the sky. They haven't been swept up without us noticing, and that I did, in fact, nearly kill a seagull yesterday. Fair enough. Walker, what do you think? Well... Who knew robotic bro? Oh, I fucked that up. You fucked that. Go again. <laughs> oh, dearie me. I was going to say, who knew robotics tasted so good? Birds are not real. It doesn't matter Believe now. It. Are you suggesting as well, Hilton, that uh, birds are modern-day Terminators? I suppose in a kind of fake-feathered mm. way, yes. <laughs> the uh, ramification <laughs> the... Fake feathered way. <laughs> this is far far wider than I anticipated it was going to be. Um, it, it started off as a as an idea, and it's it's become a state of mind now. It's become a religion. It, it has really. Oh god. Well, personally, I think it's just a big ploy to sell merch. It's good merch, though. Yeah, if you want to go pick up some merch, beards not real. Beards aren't real. Com. That's where you go get it. I thought we just merch. thought we were just gonna expensive. plug them after we've uh, after we've talked about them for the past half hour or so. I would just like to feel um now you've now you've given your opinions. The guy who came up with it, like instead of just saying he came up with it to take the piss out of people, he has also admitted that it was basically a ruse to sell merchandise. So the, the, the like, like, oh. <laughs> literally again. 
we're all on strings, basically. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's he's wrong in saying that, and in fact, birds are fake. But it's still <laughs> good merchandise. Nice. It's like the Avril Lavigne one the other week. It was crap from the off, basically. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll tell you what Avril Lavigne isn't, and that's a gentleman. Which will move us on to <laughs> Gentleman's Corner. <laughs> Are getting worse. <laughs> no, that, that's what makes it. Man. What makes it? <laughs> oh, what absolute show! I love it. Oh man, um, as we know, many fictional entities, even real entities, enter. One is announced victorious. Boothy, what is it? What have you got this week? What have you? Brought to the table. I have one lined up, but I had to do some research to get there beforehand. Funnily enough, in my research, I came across the question. You know the the, the classic one. Uh, who who would you rather fight? So is it a uh, one horse sized duck or a hundred uh, duck sized oh, yeah. horses? There was a there's a theory as to what president or former president Obama would have answered, which I thought got me. Got me quite interested. He said, uh, "Who who would you for?" <laughs> it says that Obama would have to face the one horse-sized duck, because, as as I as I quote now, if Obama killed just one of the hundred dorses, he would be subject to legal action. <laughs> And face huge fines under existing federal law, such as the Wild Free Roaming Horses and Burroughs Act of 1971. <laughs> but the research is a gentleman's corner. Oh, this is why we have guests on. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Good so, yeah, that. Obama can legally take out a, duck, a, um, a horse-sized duck, but can't legally take out any duck-sized horses. That's brilliant. That's <laughs> pretty good. Um, but my my actual um, fight to the death that I've uh, uh, proposed, again, sticking with... Wait, to, to, sorry, to the death? Is that not what we're doing? You know, you know what it is. It's it's always it is to that. the death. I mean, we had that whole thing with Easy e the other way. <laughs> So, sticking with movies, I went for two of the the most well known uh, cyborgs in in the cinematic world. So we've got the Terminator versus Ultron from, um, from Avengers. From Avengers, yeah. Very nice link into the into the birds aren't real movement there, particularly considering you didn't know about that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I think I had. Uh, I saw the opportunity to put out flirt you with the next topic. Yeah, who would win? I mean, Ultron was an absolute weapon, but slightly less unkillable than the Terminator was meant to be. The irony being that, of course, the Terminator doesn't win. To point out, I think it's um, in every film the Terminator dies, and in in Ultron's yeah. appearance of in Age of Ultron, he also dies. In fact. Thousands of copies of Ultron die in one go. Mm-hmm. See, the, th- the thing about the Terminator is it'll always come back. Yeah, he will always come back. Like, you him. kill him, and he's going to go, I'll be back. And then he will. So it's like unlimited respawns. 
self-revive. He self-revives. Eventually, Ultron's going to get bored or tired. Or tired? tired. Death. He's not going to just roll He's over. not going to get tired. He's a bloody robot. <laughs> Robots don't get tired. Like He'll malfunction then. He'll rust or something. I don't know. He's made of like if, it's, if we're going like going into like proper Norse territory, I swear he's made out of like that that crap that oh, yeah, um, Captain Am- Captain America shields made out of, which like lasts yeah. forever. Vibranium. Yeah. But nah. But nah. Nuanced. <laughs> he's gonna rust. <laughs> I think um, one area, one element that I thought of was to do with. Um, I think Ultron offered the ability to hack all the Wi-Fi systems, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. whereas the Terminator isn't programmed, doesn't know how to to do that. He just knows how to smash anything that's in front of front of him. So I think is there a potential for Ultron to be to outsmart the Terminator? Could he hack the Terminator? Ooh, that's that's a very good question. Well, no, I think well, the Terminator is um, coming th- back from the year twenty twenty nine to fight Ultron in the year twenty fifteen. If we're if we're going off movie time, oh uh, yeah, so it's uh, so twenty fifteen. Would no. Ultron know how to hack a what a system that's fifteen years in the future? I don't think. So we're saying um, that the, the Terminator technology is far more. It advanced. should be far more advanced. Yes. Mm. I, don't, point. I don't. I don't. I don't know whether the fact that it was in the future would make much of a difference because Ultron was a bit more of a sort of high-level being as well. But surely he'd learn. Yeah. Like you can learn to use point. anything. If it depends how long the scrap went on for. <laughs> if you give him a few minutes. I'd. I'd back Ultron. Also, just look at the size of Ultron as well. It was yeah. Mm-hmm. Ultron was a fast learner, wasn't it? Was it? I mean, yeah, he, he, was. Very, he just, what was it? Within five seconds of waking up, he decided that the, the Earth needed wiping out, whereas it took an entire film, actually, it took more, it, it took an entire film for the Terminator tr- to try and learn how to smile. Um, Takes uh, me 25 and, minutes. And, he's, and, he still couldn't, and he still couldn't achieve it. So yeah, Ultron. He could look. He would learn quickly. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Ultron because I think he'd outsmart the Terminator, even with his yeah. superior technology. I'd back Ultron as well. I think I'm gonna throw a spanner in the works to say uh, the Terminator because I have utmost respect for the Terminator, and I think I think I'd be shit scared if he was coming at me. So I reckon. I reckon... <laughs> you can't just back someone. I know. No, 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 no. I think. <laughs> I still, I still think like, I just think he'd beat Ultron. Like, Will I am would scrap them both. Yeah, he'd have them both. Um, so we'll move on to the next one, which is it's a bit of a it's a bit of a different one as it's not exactly just two people. Um, but I've titled it the Roll Doll Royal Rumble. Um, <laughs> so basically, what I'm what I'm, what I'm proposing is. The most part, I'm not. I thought we'll, we could go with like protagonists from each Roald Dahl book. <laughs> However, I didn't think that would be that much fun because like they're all 
they're all pretty much kids, like just a whole load of kids scrapping. So I've gone for the most powerful character from each real dial book. So you would obviously have you'd have from uh, you'd have Willy Wonka himself from Willy Wonka and Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. You would have I think I mean I was tossing up between um the the head teacher and Matilda, but Matilda's got powers. She's got like secret powers. So I think she's more powerful than the head teacher. <clears throat> I've just gone straight for James and the Giant Peach. I've gone straight up for the Peach because he's like murders the two. <laughs> he murders the two. He murders the two ants right at the start. Um, I think Fantastic Mr. Fox is a he's a bit of a deviant, really. Uh... <laughs> I'm still the fucking imagine peach. and imagine that. Oh, I think I think like wild card would be like Grandpa Joe from Charlie and Chuck. Like, throw him in there. That would be quite. That would be hilarious. And then, um, which of the twits are you bringing in? Uh, it would have to be both of them. I think <laughs> they come as a pair. They come as a pair. Like, <laughs> um, and then I'm trying to remember. Well, Danny, Danny, Danny's straight off. Danny in the Champion World. He's dead already. Um. <laughs> The BFG, the BFG, that's the one. Yeah, BFG. He's, he's making the nice, fight. Though, he? He's he's too nice, but he's got the size of them. Um, I'm trying to think of other old doll books. Um, uh, George's marvelous medicine. That was one, wasn't it? I'm yeah, presuming the kid was called George. He's he's dead as well, and he's like, real. Let's be honest. Fair. Um. So yeah, we'll go. We'll just go for like the big hitters. We'll go for. The Peach from James and Giant Peach, Willy Wonka, Matilda, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Who would win? Is that in in order of appearance? That like are you doing no, like just a like real if there was Royal like, Rumble, like no, I just called it. 30? I just called it the Royal Rumble because it's like just a big, uh, it's just a big scrap in it. So I just I thought it was a good name to come up with, but no, it's just like <laughs> if they were all together, so who would win? I mean. Part of me wants to say the peach just because that would absolutely have me. I'm, ba- I'm back in the peach. He's got the a peach. record. He's got a reputation. He's already killed two. People. He's already killed two <laughs> people. Oh, yes. oh, and the BFG. So we've put the BFG in there. But does the uh, peach get like a, a teardrop tattoo on what would <laughs> we could only imagine be his cheek? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> that, that changes a lot for me. Because the type of attitude the peach comes in with will determine whether or not it's a winner or a loser here. It's all about mindset. It is. I think the peach the peach killed those two and the the aunts, aunties. They didn't fended, think off, fended off an entire an entire swarm of sharks. If I remember the story correctly. Then an entire swarm of those cloud men, and then after all that, sacrifices itself to the children of New York to eat, basically. Well, this is the thing. I suppose the peach has the the unique weak point that a feasible way of defeating it. Yeah, exactly. Ah, so the, I think it. the only person who would have the appetite big enough for it's the, the giant. Sure, it would, would surely be a normal. Yes. It's a normal sized peach for him. But I mean, that's the question. Mm. How big is the BFG relative to the giant peach? 
I think is I don't I don't think it's like normal size for him. I think I like think it's still his, pretty large. Isn't yeah, it? from his perspective, it's like what we're we talking there. We're talking like a bowling ball. Or I, we I talking... think it comes up to like his knees. Like comes a little bit way past his knees. I, but... It's probably like a yoga ball or something. Oh, like what? What that what kind of size? You just throw it at people on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. So maybe think... he could do that. Maybe he will launch the peach at everybody else and then eat the peach afterwards. What? So a peach, peach and BFG tag team. You get the peach to do all his dirty work, and then he'll betray him. Well, in I, true I think... WWE <laughs> style. If we, if we go if we go back to like basics, if we go back to scales, like just referencing the book. So the peach is big enough for a child. To get inside it, basically, and there's a whole room inside the peach because he go, James goes inside the peach, and all the all the bugs are living in the uh, living in the peach pit, aren't they? How old is James and James and Giant's Peach? It's like, like I don't know, as a seven, nine, nine or ten? No, he's older than seven. So like, he's old, he's old enough to be beginning to gain some mass. Yeah, nine or twelve, I think. Nine to twelve, I think. But and then, then how old? How old was the kid in BFG? BFG. Uh, well, they. She was in a. She was in a. Oh man, she was in like a a home, wasn't she? Yes, yeah, so she literally just fit in his hand. Yeah. Well, no, she sat at his ear at one point, didn't he? She. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. She did. So. So maybe this peach is smaller than we thought. Yeah. No, I think it's. I think it's bigger. I mean, I, I don't know. You know what? I wonder if somebody's ever asked this question before. We'll get it on Google. It's like when Joe Rogan's like, yo, pull that shit up. Funniest shit I ever saw. Like, we're going to find this out. God. Size comparison. Who, what are your thoughts on it? And Giant Peach. I think I just, uh, I must admit, I don't think my upbringing didn't really involve uh, too much of Roald Dahl. I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't have much of a memory regard with many of these stories. Uh, I've got. So, some idea with Charlie and Chocolate Factory and Matilda. Um, not as for some reason. I'm obviously familiar with the title of James and the Giant Peach, but not really familiar with the plot of it, I submit. Yeah, never mind, to be honest. It's just a massive peach and it's killed two people. Yeah, so. That's all I know so far. So, this, uh, this boy called James live with, lives with uh, his two aunts or something because his parents died or something like that. And then uh, he gets some like magic grubs, and he's gonna they're gonna change his life. But he spills them, and what some of them go into the peach, and this peach grows massive. And he and basically there's a load of bugs that live in the peach for some reason, and he goes with these bugs in the peach, and they basically travel all the way to New York, fighting off. They fight off like a shoal of sharks at one point, and then there's like. He's made up. They somehow get it airborne as well, and then uh, they sometimes get to the peach airborne using some seagulls or whatever, and then uh, they they get attacked by these like geezers who live in clouds basically, and then they end up in New York and they they live happily ever after in New York basically. Um, that's your summary. Um, Sounds completely realistic. Um. I hate to say, lads, but nobody seems to give me a breakdown of oh, man. size comparison. So I think we're, we're going to have to assume, I think probably the right assumption 
is that if the peach was big enough to be a house for a small child, then we're possibly talking anything between like a yoga ball and one of those zorbs mm. you can get inside and like yeah. play football in. But then either way, the giant can still eat it. The peach, and... the peach is sentient though. The peach is definitely sentient. And it's got a higher <laughs> vitamin B level. The giant yeah. could just volley it. But actually, what classes is dead for the peach? Because we know what dead is for a, like a living, like yeah, like well, a that's, animal. That's just technically true. Just torn because... apart. If it guess. gets torn apart, basically, yeah. So, so he, he wouldn't have to eat the stone. Then. No, he wouldn't have to eat and the I'll, stone. I'd count that as dead. If this, if he's left the stone, that's it, pretty much dead. Okay. Actually, do peaches have stones? Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do, don't they? Yeah. No, I just, I just had a, a thought there. Like, am I mugging is myself? It... Yeah. No, never mind. I was gonna say, is the stone in the peach because they actually live in it, don't they? So, is it mm, all yeah. hollowed out? Or yeah. Is the stone still there? No, that's like it is James with the giant peach. So the stone is like hollowed out. If you get me. I suppose that's what supports the mass of the otherwise potentially rotting peach when the mm. child is inside. It's like freshly picked. Yeah. But it's only freshly picked for a brief period of time. Yeah. Peaches go off. The The giant could just sit there in the hot summer sun. You say, how long is this fight? It could just rot. Well, what I think... Conditions? Well, the thing is, the thing is, he's a pacifist. The BFG is definitely very much a pacifist. So he would he would just let it rot. He wouldn't... But he would wouldn't, fight or flight kick in? He, he wouldn't scrap it because he's a pacifist. I mean, he doesn't scrap any other giants, so... That's true. Either way, he wins, whether he attacks it or he just sits down and watches it. I just want to believe that the Peach would win, to be fair. Like... I do as well, but the more we talk about it, the more I think I've got to be sensible about this, and it's clearly going to be the Giant. The What's BF sensible team, about but... a Giant fight fighting a massive Peach? Well, <laughs> for starters, the BFG could fight. And the Peach definitely couldn't, even though it killed those ants. Just, they could roll them, o- roll them over. <laughs> yeah, but it was bigger than the ants. It's not bigger than the BFG. We've established mm, that. True. It's got size on its, on its on its side. It's I like suppose. when you put that kid that matured too quickly through puberty into adult rugby. I think you just <laughs> need to. <laughs> you're starting to change my. You're starting to change my mind now, Hilton. Like you've me turning towards the BFG. The thing is, I don't want to say this, and I feel bad because you think about peaches, and you're like antioxidants. Vitamin B, that sweet, sweet taste. And then the BFG, distinctly fewer antioxidants, doesn't taste as nice, but definitely got a better capacity for fighting, even though it's a pacifist. I reckon what happens is he lets the peach do all his dirty work and then just sits there and watches it rot. Yeah, because there's other characters... Let's just, but the, all the others are pretty much like average size, so they're all getting killed by the others, by the people. Yeah, they're, they're fucked. They're absolutely fucked. They're not even in the conversation. So, if I followed this correctly, you were saying the Peach is taking out Willy Wonka and Matilda. Uh, and yes. the, yeah. And, and the Giants will wait till that's happened to then t- before letting the Peach rot or take out the Peach himself. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. He'd let the peach rot, basically, because he's a he's very much a pacifist. 
Although I have just thought, how mature is Matilda at this point? Because how how in control of her powers is she? Because she was pretty good when she was a little child. That's true. Imagine if Matilda's grown up now, and all of a sudden her mild like party trick is all of a sudden just out and out warfare. She could control the peach to kill everyone else, and it's... then use the peach to kill the giant. I think I think we've got to assume that Matilda is like. The same age as she is in the book, basically. So she's not hit her full form. Her powers. No, are... she's not. She's not like she's got the amount of powers that she had in the book, basically. My gut okay. instinct is Matilda's yeah. curiousness of the the peach would be her downfall. Yes, she'd trust it. That would be a mistake. <laughs> I think the BFG. Yeah, I'm back in the yeah. BFG as well. So we're saying the uh, we're saying the, the BFG's got it basically. Yeah, I, yeah. I think yeah. so. I think that's a good good place to end it. To be fair, I mean, I think I think it's a very interesting one. I'd quite like to do more of these, like unit, like um, author universe or like creator universe sort of character matchups. Because I saw the one, the Doctor Seuss one on Reddit, which was quite interesting. Like. Um, I think a Doctor Seuss one would be a good one for a future episode. Yeah, definitely. But I thought I thought I'd do the Royal Dahl one because that was it. Bo- it borrowed the same idea, but it was different characters. Whereas the Royal, the Doctor Seuss one would be just straight up riff- ripping that off. So, uh, well, I mean, we, we've got a we've got a Royal Dahl Royal Rumble, so we've got a Doctor Seuss sock off. Pretty much. Oh, so yeah, um, that brings us to the end of another podcast episode. I'd like to thank Boothy for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, I think he's gone. Where is he? Oh, <laughs> no, still here. Oh, I got lost. No, it, yes, um, it's. I've had. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and like I said before, that thanks for having me. No problem, Boothy. We'll have you. We'll definitely have you on another episode. I'm sure. Well, maybe when we talk about the uh, film theories, I think that would be a good idea. I would definitely be keen. Also, thank you to Hilton and Walker for being being here again. You are very welcome. Always a pleasure. And we'll be seeing you soon. Bye.